This is different because we're not talking about just an affirmation of the existence of UFOs. We are now talking about the reality in which these things have been retrieved, crash retrievals, bodies have been recovered along with them, and reverse engineering has been underway for decades. Bodies have been recovered along with them. Bodies have been recovered along with them. The history of our Earth is so different from what we can imagine. Enjoy the journey. The Smithsonian, that if they found out about a large skeleton somewhere, was to go get it. I'm going to assume at least one person is right, because if one person's right, it busts the paradigm. It all goes back to the fallen chair. And the problem with the modern-day church, they have a very truncated view of the supernatural. This backdrop is just pregnant with all kinds of meaning associated with this Mount Hermon event. And this guy defects from the kingdom. That's a big deal. Welcome to Blurry Creatures. It's been a heavy week and a hot week for a lot of people in terms of in these uh, paranormal spaces, talking about aliens, UFOs, and all the things that, that come with that. A lot of people on both sides, a lot of opinions being thrown out. We decided, you know, to put that into some sort of uh, constructive way. Let's have a podcast about it with one of our favorite guests, Tim Alberino, who we're heading to Peru with in a couple in weeks the, here. In a matter of days, we'll be, we'll be in Peru with, with Timmy A., but uh, Tim's devoted a lot of his life to these weird topics, and lately, in the last couple of years, obviously writing his book, um, Birthright, Tim's devoted a lot of time to try to break down, for Christians specifically, what this means and, and how to view these things from a biblical paradigm, how to strengthen your faith by them, not have your faith challenged or weakened. And that's why I think we really like having these conversations with Tim, because it it always leaves me having more confidence in my relationship with God and not and not like freaked out and scared and so I think that's why we talk about it and maybe kick a dead horse sometimes on the show with him but if you haven't listened to our previous episodes with him probably what do you say Luke worth it probably I'll go back start, I th- yeah probably start there and then, and then jump in it'll be a lot of a requisite foundational knowledge that, that we're kind of going to jump off in and, and it's like you said it, this is the week to do it there's been a ton of stuff in the news we thought we had a with a big a big month in February with a lot of what we considered to be disclosure, and then uh, this week kind of blew the roof off that with the whistleblower, you know, the craft being recovered, etc. So we figured we'd talk about it. It, it, it lands squarely in, in this in, in our space, and so if you have a little bit of UFO fatigue, we apologize. I think this is going to be different, different, and also very interesting. An interesting look at you know a very blurry look at at, at what's going on, and 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 perhaps some ways to think about and contextualize that as always so you know always grateful for tim and his time coming on um he's been talking about this for years he is one of those ten thousand hour guys who's really put in the research these are these conclusions that he's come to as we'll say in the show these are not fly-by-night knee-jerk reactions or conclusions tim has spent a lot of time researching and really put putting in the, in the thought process you know, into this phenomena 
and so it's going to be it, it, this is going to be a, a fun one you know every time that tim joins the blurry verse we we have a good time so looking forward to him he's he is a man of the hour right anytime these things pop up tim is 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 in demand and so yeah yeah great great to have our good friend tim albruno back on the show today let's get tim on this one and get blurry Luke, here we are. Nate, we're we're here again, Nate. Here we are again. <laughs> here we are in the we're in the back of the Timberghini here, and he's going to drive us. Timberghini, <laughs> the the Alberari. Al- I yeah, mean, what do you- the Alberari. I like that. <laughs> we're in the back of the Alberari. It actually sounds like it could be an exotic car. It it's true. Yeah. I drive a Tacoma. Why don't you just say Tim Coma? <laughs> Tim Coma. Dude, that sounds like a disease. Dude, don't start something, Tim. This is going to come back. Tim to Tim coma. <laughs> He's in a Tim coma. He's yeah. just like, that's when Tim's just staring at the wall thinking about his next <laughs> book and megaliths. <laughs> Dude, let's start the show, can we? Here? Let's go. This is just getting... Anyway, we started Dude, we're the show. 23 minutes in, bro. Let's go. Yeah, welcome back to Blurry Creatures. On this podcast, we talk about all the weird blurry creatures out there. And before this show got rolling... We were talking with Tim, and if those of you guys don't know Tim Alberino, where have you been? Come on, get out, get on YouTube and watch Tim Alberino's stuff. Read his book. But uh, Tim said, "This is the biggest news story of the century." I think that what's unfolded in the last few days could turn out to be, assuming it's true, could turn out to be the biggest news story. And of course, we're we're referring to the the whistleblower David Grush. Everybody knows about this. Everybody's been tracking with this. Who came out and talked about a secret program that the Pentagon has running for the recovery of UFOs and reverse engineering of UFO technology and the recovery of alien bodies. So that's what we're referring to. Yeah, and I know some people have UFO fatigue, and we've been doing a lot of stuff like this, but a lot of social media posts. So we're not we're we're trying not to cover. Some of the things we've covered a lot on this show before. We'll try to get some fresh stuff here, but can you give us sort of, for those that don't know what's going on, we had a couple of major events. I only have whistleblowers, but we had this UFO crash and these 10-foot-tall grays in this dude's backyard. It's made all the rounds on all the videos and all the channels that we follow. We've even posted it. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Was your breakdown this last week for us? And, and well, you know, you had the David Grush revelations, which are ongoing. I mean, they last night they they published the full interview on News Nation, uh, and in the midst of this, of course, we had that Vegas incident with that that whatever it was that was recorded on the body cam of the police officer that came down in that Vegas neighborhood, and then you had that family that called the police and said that they had these eight to 10 foot tall alien beings in their backyard. And uh, and then subsequently there was some video released. I didn't really know, I was kind of commenting on that. I did some commentary on that uh, in real time because I was on a different radio show 20 minutes after that story broke. So we were kind of breaking it down. And I don't really know what to think of the Vegas thing. In the in the beginning, I was a little skeptical about it. But at the same time, there was some things about it that seemed pretty authentic. Obviously, the police officer caught it on the body cam, the, whatever it was. 
falling out of the sky. And then, of course, the, the kid, I think his name is Angel, released a video recently where he describes in greater detail the incident and the being. And then uh, YouTube and social media, Twitter, Instagram started to get flooded with these videos, heavily pixelated, blurry videos mm. of potential creatures in these frames when you blow them up. And of course, we live in an era now, we live in the age of AI, and I think uh, it's becoming obviously increasingly easier to fabricate stuff in videos. But I have to say, there's one video in particular, I don't know if you guys saw it, there's two videos that that people are passing around. And this is the video of Channel 8 in Vegas. They were interviewing this family and they were walking into the backyard through the gate and then they cut the camera because they said it was private property and they didn't want to film back there. They weren't allowed to film back there. But as they're walking into the backyard, there's some people have taken that video. You get a, you get a very short snippet of, of this area. We say backyard, but really they have this area behind their house where they have like, where they have a forklift and they have some cars. I guess they work on cars or something back there. And and so everybody's taking that snapshot and blowing it up and seeing if they can find that video, that clip, and blowing it up and seeing, seeing if they can spot anything. And, and I have to say, I've seen one video in particular that looks really convincing. I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's real. I'm just going to say that it's, it's compelling. And, and probably a lot of people have seen it. You see this. I don't know if you guys have seen it. You see this thing behind the forklift. And it is very large. It looks at least seven, seven and a half feet tall minimum. And it's and it's got a big bulbous head and, and black almond-shaped eyes. And it looks at the camera. And of course, it's heavily pixelated because they're zooming in on probably what is a 1920 by 1080 pixel image. And they're they're zooming way in on it. So that Vegas thing, I don't know what to make of it. It's really weird. Part of me says it's maybe a hoax, but a part of me says it's maybe authentic. So I guess I'm split right down the middle on that 50-50. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. I mean, sometimes we get so many fake videos sent to us. And just today, like, you know, I was looking at some videos that everyone said, oh, this is a haunted house. And I could totally tell it. I blew it all up and I could see that it was fake because the lines didn't, didn't match up. And there's so many guys that are hoaxing out there, but sometimes the crappy footage is is the footage that I think is more credible because it's just nobody knows what they're doing and they're they're filming. But yeah, I saw one where a guy broke it down. It looked like one was behind the fence and is reaching fingers through. I don't know yeah, if you I saw, saw that too. Yeah. And then there was one in the background of, in the right in the corner, just a couple frames you could see a head and some, like you said, the bulbous eyes. So it's it's hard because we, we're also trying to produce content on our Instagram and Facebook page and all that stuff. We're not really a social media platform, but we do put our stuff on social media. And so, I don't know, there's always that part of me that's like, there's a lot of accounts that just, they don't, they don't vet it. We try to vet it. And if, if someone comes back and say, this is bunk, then we would take it down. I was going to post it, but so many people were, I'm, I'm like you, I'm, I'm like 60, 40. I think some of it's legit. I'm not hundred percent sure. They didn't seem like they were trying to hoax anything. We like, you guys have all echoed. I'll say the same thing. We live in a time of like the TikTok clout, right? Where, it just in this age, people rush to be the first and not necessarily to be the most accurate. And at the same time, they're they're looking for clicks and for likes and not necessarily for accuracy. So mm -hmm. you have to wade through that mess when with every with everything, right? And it just felt a little bit like it was authentic because 
you got a body cam, you have what felt like some authentic reactions from, you know, from law enforcement, and then you have a real story running on, on, on the news. And, you know, the news, of course, in the last, <laughs> last five, 10 years, we've, we've come to realize you can't trust everything there or, or mo- most of anything. But it was just, it was interesting. The timing inter- is interesting as well, considering all, all, things, all things held equal that what we have going on this week. Uh, and maybe these last few months, right? We we we've did an episode, Tim, and we talked a lot about you know these the Chinese balloon, this idea that we shot down UFOs, and Justin Trudeau shot one down, and all this stuff that's just is really unbelievable. But you have all these little steps to to disclosure, and then and then we you know we have this video, this Vegas thing, in the same week that we have the whistleblower stuff, which you know I know we want to we want to get get to next, so perhaps this is this is a uh, a good transition, but it's just, ah, uh, it's maybe great timing or maybe odd timing, but at the same time, it just feels like everything's kind of coming to a crescendo. Certainly. And, you know, one thing that I think some people are not thinking about, uh, have not considered in regard to this whistleblower is the context in which, in which this occurred. Uh, because, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are saying, well, if the government's saying it, I don't believe it. While the government isn't saying this, this is a whistleblower. I think what he's saying is is contrary to the narrative that the government wants out. Yes, the news is carrying it, but it's News Nation. It's more of an online platform. News Nation is trying to get away from the stigma of CNN and some of these bigger organizations. Although they do have some of the talent from CNN, they have Chris Cuomo over there, Cuomo over there, and and uh, some of these other personalities. But we're seeing a shift in the news right now because I think as we all realize, mainstream media is going broke. Nobody mm-hmm. listens to them. Nobody believes them. I mean, people believed them before COVID. Nobody believes them anymore. They have a very, very small audience at this point. Uh, Tucker Carlson, who obviously right. got fo- fired from Fox News, has been doing his show on Twitter and has been absolutely destroying these other news networks, the news networks, the mainstream media in terms of viewership. He's getting tens of millions of views he just got he just got a cease and desist because of it too i didn't know from fox news yeah they sent him a cease and desist trying to shut him down because wow yeah he was like i i what what did his last or his first video get like i think it was like 56 million last time i looked at it it was ridiculous yeah so a lot of i say that to highlight the point that a lot of these or new organizations are trying to are trying to distance themselves from mainstream media and so that's why the fact that the news nation broke this story, it gives me a little bit more confidence, um, a little bit more confidence than if it were a mainstream network. But the context that I'm talking about that I was referring to in the beginning is that uh, a week before this story broke, this the whistleblower, David Grush on News Nation, I don't know if you guys saw this, but NASA did their first hearing on UAPs. Did you see that? NASA came out and and about a year ago, NASA commissioned a advisory board, which was tasked with studying UAPs. And it just so happens a week before the whistleblower, they came out and they did their first hearing, their first public hearing. And listen and listen to this statement. I've said this a few times on different interviews because I'm not hearing anyone else really repeat, repeating this. I think this is very important context. So keep in mind, this happened a week before the whistleblower. Right out of the gates, this is the statement that Dan Evans, who's the study director at NASA, this is what he said at the hearing, right out of the gates, okay? And I want you to understand that this is what I consider to be the official narrative. 
He said this, I want to emphasize this loud and proud that there is absolutely no convincing evidence for extraterrestrial life associated with UAPs. Mm. That's what NASA said a week before the whistleblower. And then after the whistleblower story, the Pentagon came out and released their official statement. And they said, to date, Arrow, which is the all-domain anomaly resolutions office, they came out and said that to date, Arrow has not discovered any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the possession or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial materials have existed in the past or exist currently. So that that was the official statement from the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. That, and by the way, David Grush, the whistleblower, used to work for that office, and this is how he got in trouble because he was trying to penetrate into this uh, re crash retrieval program that he caught wind of, and he was not read into the program. In other words, he was denied access. So that's where it began. So now we know what the official narrative is from the government, NASA being a part of this, is now there's nothing to see here. These are just, we're, we're investigating anomalous lights in the sky. We're investigating uh, these these events that people see that we don't know really what it is. It could be anything. That's that's the Pentagon's uh, position. That That is their narrative. And that's the one that they want to maintain. So this whistleblower is, for people who maybe don't understand this point, this whistleblower is not parroting a narrative that is sanctioned by the Pentagon. Yes, he did get some of what he said. In fact, all of what he said, he did get it signed off. In other words, he was he he was allowed to disclose what he disclosed to say what he said, and some things he wasn't. By the way, there were things that they didn't allow him to talk about. He wasn't allowed to talk about Roswell, for example. So, uh -huh. um, and that's and that is strange. But there's lots of things that could be said about that. But we know what the official position is. We know what the whistleblower said, and those two things are not in harmony. And so the question is: Do we have dueling factions inside of the pentagon are there dueling factions in the deep state in the dumb state as i call it one faction that absolutely wants the lid tight on this thing does not want to talk about crash retrievals does not want to talk about extraterrestrials does not want to talk about obviously all the other things that go along with it and then maybe there's another faction in there that is uh, feels that it's their patriotic duty to tell the american people or that it's time for some disclosure to some extent i don't think anybody in there wants full disclosure because i think that they they want america to maintain whatever kind of competitive edge it has from the technologies that we've been able to derive from the retrieve craft so this is all very interesting so i i i think people right away want to say a i don't believe the government b i don't believe the media right and just kind of sweep this under the table but i think we need to be a little careful there this isn't exactly the mainstream media and this is not the narrative that the government is pushing that the pentagon is pushing their narrative is what nasa said their narrative is their response so i just wanted to sort of lay that out there for people to consider yeah and i think that you know if you're listening to this podcast go back and listen to some of our previous episodes i think we're kind of jumping in 100 miles an hour here we've talked at you know like you said at nauseum about some of these subjects before but tim why do you think this okay so the last few several years there's there's been a lot of these these moments right why is this one different than some of the previous things that have come out since 2017-ish? 
This is different because we're not talking about just an affirmation of the existence of UFOs. We are now talking about the reality in which these things have been retrieved, crash retrievals, bodies have been recovered along with them, and reverse engineering has been underway for decades, which, of course, your audience has is aware of the fact that I've been saying this for a long time, and, and that's what I have believed, because ufologists have known this for decades, that these things are true. So, And by the way, I have been listening to some of the ufologists, and for those who don't know, ufologists are people who study the UFO phenomenon in an academic way, I would, I would add that to that description. And I've been following some of the people who I trust the most and adding in my own analysis as well. And I would say that we're all in accord in our analysis here. And it is that we, none of us can say for sure if David Grush is telling the truth. We don't know what his motives are. So we can't say that. I think his credentials are well established. But we don't know why he's saying what he's saying. And we don't know if he's telling the truth. But what we all can say in unison and do and are, and I mean ufologists, is that what he's saying is true. What he's saying is true. And that is the most important part to me. I don't I don't really care what his motives are. And I frankly don't even care if this is supposed to play into some sort of a deception narrative or something like that. I'm just analyzing what he said. Does what he said conform to what we have known for decades as it relates to the field of ufology? And the mm -hmm. answer is yes. There are no red flags. There's nothing he said is coming out of left field so to speak. Nothing he said is drawing a red flag for me or any of the ufologists that I respect and who and, and whose work I know to be uh, very academic. And so that's another thing I think people need to keep in mind. What the man is saying is true. Now, whether or not he's lying, I don't know. And that may sound contradictory, but it's not. What he's saying is true, regardless of whether he's or not he's making up the story. So he said, you know, he made some some bullet points, things like there's they have at least 12 craft in possession that are not not human built stuff, stuff like that. Right. Like, yes, yes, yes. And, and in fact, I think somebody I don't know if it was Grush or somebody else who came forward. And by the way, before I say this, understand that Grush is, is he filed the whistleblower, whatever it's called, the complaint or whatever it's called, the official name for it. He went through official channels, he, he, and he brought the evidence that he had to the inspector general of the, of the intelligence community and to Congress. And remember, we've got a body in Congress right now that's investigating UAPs, led by uh, Congresswoman Gildebrand. There is a system in place right now to accommodate a whistleblower. That's never been the case before in history, ever. It's never been the case. It's only been the case for the last year. That we have a body in Congress that is actively and 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 they would like to think aggressively pursuing the truth behind you know quote unquote UAPs UFOs, and so there's this there is this architecture in place that is allowing a whistleblower to come on the scene, be taken seriously by the media. Why? Because the media has been discussing this for three years, right? You mentioned it, 2017, yeah. uh, since 2017, and the and the individuals who broke this story are the very same people who got the ball rolling in 2017. They're the same journalists. It's Leslie Keene and Ralph Blumenthal. They're the ones who who broke the story in the debrief uh, regarding this whistleblower, David Grush. 
who comes from the intelligence community. I don't know if I mentioned that. David Grush, he was an officer in the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency and the National Reconnaissance Office, and he worked for the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, the Pentagon's official UAP investigative body. And so uh, those are his credentials. But aside from him, and this is something that journalist Leslie Keene has been saying on interviews, she has been approached by other individuals from inside of the intelligence communities with the same level of credentials as David Grush, who have independently come to her and have gone to Congress to affirm what David Grush has said. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. very important. So this is not like anything that's ever happened before. The closest thing would be the Bob Lazar a situation that unfolded in the early 90s but bob lazar was a different it was a different world back then the media was laughing at ufos remember it was a big joke back then and there were certainly no committees in congress investigating or at least openly investigating ufos none of that existed so bob lazar was just swept under the table he was laughed out of the room um but now we know and i've always known this but i think we can say definitively now that bob lazar was telling the truth Mm. And so this is a different environment. This is unique. And that's why I said it, it potentially is the most important, let's call it news headline that we have ever seen in the modern world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's bigger than World War II. It's bigger than the atomic bomb being dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. This is aliens are real. We're not alone in the universe. That's, that's what this amounts to. It's heavy. And I and I think you know, Luke. We've we've been talking about the deep state, you know, just you know anyone who's down these rabbit holes for years. But I think I think what you're describing is important. We've talked about this in previous episodes. But what you have is you have two multiple governments. You have you have a government on the on the surface, and you have a government underground. The dumb state. Yeah, the beast with many heads here. So, are, are, do you think that the 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 ground government is starting to find out what the underground government has known for for a hundred yes. years? Yes. So. The, as I've said before, the the dumb state, this is where, when I say dumb state, of course, I'm referring to deep underground military bases. So this is where the special access projects, the black budget projects are taking place. They're on these secret underground installations, such as the S4 facility over at the, over Groom Lake, and many, many more besides. The projects are being developed. It's a co-op between Uh, elements of the U.S. military and private contractors, such as Lockheed Martin, the aerospace company, and others, private contractors. The security for these bases is primarily private contractors. And that's why I always say if you go over to Area 51, even today, especially 20 years ago, but even today, you go over to Area 51 and you try and and walk through the desert and penetrate into that base, who are you going to be met with? You're going to be met with guys in black or camel fatigues, and those individuals are not going to be members of the United States military. Those individuals are going to be pri- those. They're going to be private security contractors. They're going to be employees of a private security contracting firm. And it's interesting because David Grush, going back to this whistleblower, one of the reasons why he came forward was because as he tried to penetrate into this secret crash retrieval and reverse engineering program, he started to get pushback from who? From the private contractors who were threatening him and so he feared for his life that's part of the reason why he came forward by the way that's the reason why bob lazar came forward too same scenario the private contractors were threatening bob lazar's life 
and we're breaking into his home and we're following him and we're and we're calling him up and threatening him and so forth. And why? What is there an obvious reason why? Thing? Yeah, because this is the it, to them to these guys who work on these bases. This they don't have the need to know. We as the American people do not have the need to know about the alien presence or the alien technology. That is their realm. It's off the books. It's black budget funding, and these guys are. They're selected because they have a particular personality profile. These guys are very aggressive. They're highly aggressive. And they're not, they don't have allegiance to it's this is not patriotic. These private contractors are not patriotic. They're not doing this for America. They're doing this because they work for these contracting firms and they're getting paid a lot of money. Yeah, the mercenaries. Yeah. Yeah. So so they're very aggressive. They're very in in many cases, um, and that's what they're paid to be, by the way. They're paid to be aggressive and to keep people away from these installations. And 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 we would expect that. I mean, if we're developing advanced fighter jets, for example, we don't want the Chinese to, to get our technology. We don't want them sending uh, spies around our bases. And so these guys have to be aggressive in that regard. But But when it comes to the crash retrievals and reverse engineering of alien technology, that's their, in their mind, that's their purview. These contractors and the there's only a very small amount of people, I think, in the military industrial complex spreading across the Pentagon and the intelligence agencies who really have access to these programs or even or even have been read into them. Very, very few, as I've said many times, um, most of the Pentagon, most of the personnel who work at the Pentagon, even the high ranking generals are not read into these programs. They don't have the need to know. And so they're not. The president of the United States it, it does not have the need to know. And as I've said many, many, many times, does not have a high enough clearance to access these facilities. Nobody in Congress has a high enough clearance to access these facilities. Now, I don't know what's going to happen because Congress is now calling for uh, a serious investigation into the claims of David Grush. And so are they going to want to? And they, by the way, David Grush, part of the documentation and the proof that he gave to Congress and to the Inspector General of the Intelligence Community is the names of the individuals who are read into the program and the locations where mm -hmm. these craft are being housed, are being harbored. Now, that is pretty remarkable because ostensibly Congress has in their hands right now the addresses of where these craft are sitting in in the hangar base, right? And 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 I'm guarantee you they're all underground installations. And so this is really it's an unprecedented situation. And it is it's it's amazing to witness. I feel like and have felt for the last week that we are witnessing a a, a you know an Apollo moon landing kind of event happening right now. Mm. And I, I don't think that it's really registered with most people. I've just been sitting here for three, four days just absorbing what's going on because it it really is unprecedented. It feels like Snowden. Yeah, because when Snowden came out and exposed the NSA for spying on Americans, right? And then simultaneously became, you know, public enemy number one. I mean, he was revealing things that were going on in our security state. They were unconstitutional, and, and you know, and he got he got, you know, vilified for it, and it still is, and it's it's Assange as well, right? And but this is just a whole other level. But it feels like that kind of watershed moment where you you pull back the curtain and you realize that, like, you know, the things that people have been talking about, like you wrote about Bob Lazar for you know for decades. These things are 
you take this guy's word are happening. And it's interesting because, you know, people always say, well, why does the government not know? And it's because this is, this is corporate stuff. This, this is about money. This is about asymmetrical warfare. This is about advantages that, for that and technology that can be owned and, and then, and then sold. Right. And, and this is, this was possibly it's potentially about a breakaway civilization. The sure, sure. I mean, you know, it, it's the fourth it's, this, Reich. I mean, all these things play into what's going on here. Maybe. Yeah, I, I just think that people don't get that. It's not like this is not a necessarily a USA cover up. This is this is a this is this this feels like 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 one of your uh, like not one of your but one of those devolution type films where you have the, like you said this breakaway this faction that is that is collecting these things in order for. Like I said, for asy- it's asymmetrical warfare. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's acquiring technology no one else has to utilize for power purposes, whether it be economical or geopolitical, right? And, and this is 100% what's happening. It's just, you know, if, if these reports are true. And then I, I think it's fascinating, too, that you go public, right? You go public for your own safety. I don't think people realize this. This isn't like a, and I would think you would say the same thing. This isn't a, a notoriety grab. Some people want to say that. And, and the no. thing you, you, you address on the top, I think is important too, is that this is really hard to say this is a PSYOP. Everything is always, a, it's a PSYOP. This is a PSYOP. Mm-hmm. Well, look what NASA said. And people say, NASA, you can't trust them. It's a PSYOP with them. Sure. Or whatever. You know, they do a lot of lying. Okay. Get it. But all of the three letter agencies and everybody else that, that is part of the machine is it has the other narrative, right? And so then you, there's there's got to be some there's some breadcrumbs to this, and I, and I think it's fascinating. I think it all it, it lends credibility, uh, and his credentials I think are speak for themselves as well. But it leads credi- mm-hmm. leads credibility to say this isn't like the next guy, this is a stooge they have that's towing the line for this agenda, and and this this you know overarching psyop. You know, yeah, blue. right. Well, if you believe it's a psyop, I don't believe what NASA says. Fine, I know that NASA isn't forthright, obviously. Sure. Right. Uh, but but if you believe that, you don't believe in what NASA says. Well, would you then say that you would believe the opposite of what NASA right. says? Right. <laughs> because they that. said, "I want to emphasize this loud and proud that there is absolutely no convincing evidence for extraterrestrial life asso- associated with UAPs." Mm-hmm. That's what NASA said. So believe the opposite of that, and what do you got? You got David Grush. You got the whistleblower, right? right. I mean, that's the opposite of that statement. Do you feel like, Tim, like it's kind of like, you know, it's like the snowball idea it started small back with Bob Lazar and it's kind of built. You got Rogan, Alex Jones, Coast to Coast Radio. You've got Tucker talking about it on on Fox News and it's just become this massive snowball and it's kind of built a lot of steam now. And now you've got Congress people asking questions and eventually this thing's going to get so massive it's going to run into the side of the the house so to speak coming down the mountain and i i think there's just all these major voices and there are people there are characters that people are starting to trust like joe rogan and that's where i heard the bob lazar story in 2018 when he was on his podcast i, I was like dang i didn't really know the details of this you got millions of people listening to these shows now and then going down their own rabbit holes and so you have this huge distrust of of all the corporate media and then you have them slowly leaking out all this information and so it just seems like it's 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 building to this it's building to like all we need is one more big whistleblower to come out and it's going to be undeniable or congress to go and and force their way into one of these bases but you know what though the (laughs) it wouldn't surprise me if these private contractors are already relocating all these craft but um and and by the way i wanted to make a point and yes yes it is building 
but it's building primarily because of the phenomenon itself. The phenomenon is burgeoning. And uh, yeah, I should have thrown like TikTok and videos and all the things right. that are coming out, you know? Right. And because of the phenomenon is forcing the conversation, it's forcing the Pentagon to try to, to control the narrative because it's just, it's burgeoning. It's increasing. Um, but you know, you mentioned the 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 fact that these things are crashing. I forget what the context was we, when we were talking about how these things are, are crashing. And I think people got this false impression that UFOs are just crashing left and right all the time. And people are always saying, "Well, how can these things come from, you know, another planet or something and be so advanced, and then they come to Earth and they crash?" We have to understand that we're talking about officially we're talking about like twelve to thirteen to fourteen craft, right? And, and I always say, well, double it, make it 30, make it 30. So let's say that even though we're officially, we're only talking about about a, a, you know, a, dozen, a dozen of these craft that have been recovered through various means, let's double it. Let's say, let's say we're talking about 30, and then let's take a look at the time frame that we're dealing with since the 1920s. Mm. So 30 craft since the 1920s, you're not even getting like two or three a year. I mean, it's very rare to have an event in which one of these vehicles comes crashing to the ground obviously it's never happened in the middle of new york city it's never happened in the middle of cleveland ohio uh it's never happened in the middle of dallas texas these are these are rare events and there could be dozens of explanations of why they happen not the least of which is don't forget this is probably factional so maybe in some of these instances, uh, they were shot down by other craft. So non-human craft, like exactly. So yeah. there's a but there's a lot of different uh, explanations for that. So I don't want people to have the impression that that all of a sudden UFOs are falling out of the sky like crazy. Yeah, that <laughs> Vegas thing. But when's the last thing you you? When's the last time we had a story like that? It's been a long time. I mean, you, yeah. you can find stories like that in the, in, the, in the history of ufology, but they're few and far between, especially when you have like body cam as, mm. attached to it, video. They're very, very, very rare, assuming it happened. Let's just assume for, for the sake of argument that it, it's real, right? Well, this is, this is perfect timing because we talked about this last week, Tim, like our episode last week was the, three, the top three UFO crashes over the last, you know, over a long period of time. and. That's kind of what we talked about. It's very rare, and why? What well, I think you have a, that's a great question. I think we 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 proposed that on the episode. Why couldn't two of these factions be warring with each other and shoot each other down? Because some people are like, "Oh, there's no way an advanced civilization could get shot down." Well, if, if two advanced civilizations are going at it, <laughs> it, seems pretty obvious that at some point they're going to be able to and take that, some people out. And, right? Nate, and I said this last week too: is that no technology is infallible. So yeah, no. the yeah. idea over over the, over the the long amounts of time that you don't have catastrophic failures or 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 error, these aren't. These, That's right. You know, these aren't these aren't these aren't like infallible beings or whatever whatever no. whoever whatever you want to ascribe to to driving these things. It, it, it is. What's well, hard for people to take? It's, it's it's a lot of steps, right? It's like I have to, I have to presume that they're making craft. And then they're flying craft. Mm-hmm. There's just there's a lot of jumps to get and to the crashing point, them, right? yeah. and they're crashing them. So it's like, right? No, you're right. Yeah, it's it's similar. We talked about the beginning of our podcast about Bigfoot. You get to the point where you're like, okay, is is not only do you believe in this creature, but then you start making other hypotheses based on what it's doing, where it's going, where it's migrating. And there's a whole part of the population that laughs at you. Bigfoot migrating? Are you crazy? You know, but 
But the science, you know, we, we, we laid out that case and on our, a lot of our previous episodes, we've already laid out this case that mm-hmm. these things, there's a physicality to all of this. Physicality to angels interacting with humans, physicality to, you know, how they get from point A to point B, physicality to they, they're up in the skies. We brought on a guy that says anyone with a camera with slow motion can film them. And he, we talked about on this episode with him that, you know, all these people who listen to our show, Tim, were sending us videos of slow motion and there's UFOs in them. We probably got 150 videos. Mm. And they're like, I, we're catching UFOs in our backyard. And that's a good point because, you know, I contend that there's way more yeah. UFOs flying around in our atmosphere than we think. Way more. And I think that the the normative operation of the UFO when it's highly energized, in other words, when it's traversing the sky, renders it invisible. Let's put it that way. So I think when these things are highly energized, they're they're bending, they're using gravity waves, they're they're bending the atmosphere around them, they're bending the medium, they're not moving through the medium of the atmosphere or through the water. They're bending that medium around the craft. They're bending space-time. And so when you do that, we know what happens. If you can bend using gravity, if you can bend the fabric of space, well, guess what else you bend? Light. And so you're you're bending the light around the craft, and this is what Lazar said. And so when these things are highly energized, they're invisible. And that's why sometimes they dis- they seem seemingly disappear because they just energize and they're they're we can't see them anymore. From our point of view, they are invisible. They're still there in many cases, but but they're rendered invisible from our point of view. And so, uh, w- if you think about that, then then you can imagine a scenario in which there's way more UFOs moving around in the atmosphere that we can't see. Yeah, and that's kind of what we that's kind of what the that's just right. what I've been thinking about the last couple of months because we got all those videos from people. I mean, and that's the cool thing about a podcast like this is people can send you videos from all over the United States, all over the world. People were filming them in, you know, Europe and they were sending them to us. They were in Australia, New Zealand and here in America and everyone's capturing not, it's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's very quick in a 240 frames per second video. So it was, it was kind of a cool little science experiment that we did on the show yeah. based, based on that episode. And it seems like there's millions of these things flying around all, all there the time. There are a whole lot of satellites out there too. But when you look at a satellite, remember a, sat, a satellite's in, an, in, in this low This is daytime. This is like daytime footage. Right. And, but even the satellites you can see sometimes during the day. However, if you see an object moving and then come to a dead stop in the sky, that is not a satellite. Yeah, uh, and that is not a balloon, and that is not a jet. If something is moving through the heavens and then suddenly stops, you have a UFO. Or if it's moving and then suddenly jolts off in a accelerated rate of speed, you have a, a UFO. Or if it takes a right angle, a sharp right angle turn, you have a UFO. We don't yeah. have none of our helicopters can do any of that. Helicopter can hover, but it can't suddenly accelerate at, a, at an incredible speed. It can't take a right, a really sharp right angle turn at high rates of speed. So, you know, if you see a light in the sky at nighttime and it's moving slow and then it stops and then it's moving slow again, that could be a helicopter, right? Or if you see a light at nighttime that's just moving slow, traversing the sky in a straight line, it's probably, if it's a, if it's just a, a speck of light, it's probably a satellite. Mm. So um, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of stuff. A lot of it has prosaic explanations. But as I said, the the phenomenon is burgeoning, and there's no 
question about that. It really is. It is burgeoning. And and again, burgeoning by burgeoning, I mean, it is increasing. I want to make a point too here, Tim, that I think is important. I think that there are there are a fair amount of people out there that, that, that don't buy Bob Lazar. And that's fine. These are independent. Mm-hmm. These sure. are in, these are independent things. They're independent silos. These are independent people with with. But I think what's interesting is that the it's corroborative, right? And so I, I'll just say this: like it, you can throw out Bob Lazar, and we talked about him a little bit here, and say you know he was a kook, and none of these said was was real. In light of what came out this last week, it leads a lot of credence to that. But you don't need that. To believe this, and, and and so I think that's an important thing because we've talked about Bob Lazar on the show before, and and it touches a nerve with some folks that, that don't want to to buy his story or the circumstances around his education, whatever it may be, right? Um, but I want to be to make make that point to say that this these are independent testimonies, independent stories, independent actions, decades apart, and they're not dependent on each other for for corroboration, but they do in fact corroborate each other. So that's right. So That's a good point. It, it is, and I, just, I think it's not necessary because people want to throw the baby out with the bathwater sometimes if they don't buy Bob Lazar for whatever reason they've decided, yeah. right? They went on Rogan, yeah. they don't like him, they, don't, they think you know. they read his Wikipedia page, which is a bunch of propaganda. Whatever it is, the, it, it, do, it has no bearing on this except that what he was saying in the 80s is being said again. By someone with a lawyer, protected exactly. by the, by the, the lawyer. Protect, That's right. Protect, yep. Protected by the whistleblower laws now. Mm-hmm. And speaking to Congress about things Congress is supposedly has no knowledge of. So take it as you will. You know, we talked about the Vegas story. And, you know, you, you take a lot of these things with grains of salt. But this is a different, this is a little different. And, and to me, as I said before, it does feel a bit Snow, Snowden-like, just on a much grander scale. Because we're not, we're not exposing the crimes of our own government, which is a big deal. Listen, you know, the fact that the Patriot Act never ended, and they're using that to spy on us and probably listen to this conversation right now. You want to put your tinfoil hat on? It's probably happening. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal, and that's what Snowden exposed, and, and he's been, Huge. And, and, and he's 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 in hiding because of this, which which and, is and, the and irony of, the of that, that is crazy. Like, that, and that's one of the things that people say. Well, how come Snowden was able to come out and, and and how come he had to run for his life and is living in Russia? Well, because there was no committee in Congress investigating correct the intelligence yes. agency spying on the American people. Quite to the right. quite the contrary, the the Congress is always carrying water for the intelligence community, covering for the intelligence community. There was no widespread knowledge or conversation in the media of the of of the intelligence agency spying on us. There were there was no it was unfriendly territory. Yeah. The architecture was not in place for Snowden to come out and blow the whistle and be protected by Congress and be able to have the you know the the media actually willing to take to give him any credibility. It was a totally different environment. The hostility against him was almost universal, almost universal, just like with Julian Assange, almost universal. So uh, those are different scenarios. You said that on the top, and I wanted to reiterate that point, that like, what's different here, everyone listening, is that now there's protocol in place that protects these people from coming out, because look at at Snowden. He's he's asylum, and he's taking asylum in Russia. Look at Assange, like he he, he is literally had to hide in, in an embassy for years to avoid essentially exposing the powers that be. And what's interesting about this, and, and you pointed this out, I just want to reiterate it, is this is not necessarily exposing the government, but factions of of the black projects, which may or may not have affiliation with high levels of of the underground, deep, deep dumb state, as you say, deep state government. So it's, it's a bit different. It's, it's not necessarily the flag, even though you, there's, there's probably elements of the flag here, but it is 
it's a it's a different animal, and now he as as we say, we'll read it again. He has protections for this. Yeah, and I think that's probably the only reason he would he would come out right. And, and he, he's, mm-hmm. he's got his lawyer, and he and he's doing things within within with sort of within the lanes that that he now has protections for. Well, this last week, Der- I mean, when we talked to Derek, you know, all three major UFO crash sites that human beings uh, got to, civil uh, civilians got to the crash site before the government, right? Every single story. Everyone involved was threatened with their life. If you talk about this, you're done. And that was well documented in all those cases. And this is in the 30s, 40s, you know, this is like a long time ago. So that, that, this leads me to my next question, Tim. So they've had this technology. It's, let's say the Browswell event happened exactly how all the, the people down the rabbit hole say it did. We're closing in on, you know, 90, 80, 80, 90 years. You know, it's been a long time. And some of these whistleblowers are coming out now, and 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 they're afraid for their life. Is it because they've they get they're catching wind that they're going to do something with all this technology? There's some sort of mass event that they're going to create. Well, remember that David Grush, aside from being an officer in the intelligence agencies, was working for the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, the the Pentagon's official body for investigating UFOs. He was just doing his job. They tell him here, here's your resources, paltry as they were. Go and investigate UAPs. Go find out what they are. I always said it was a dog and pony show. They're never going to read them into these programs. By the way, I would make a distinction, and this maybe will help clarify this terminology I've invented, between the deep state and the dumb state. So when I say deep state, I'm not referencing, when I say dumb state, I'm not referencing the deep state. I'm making a delineation between the, the deep state, which is permanent Washington, the intelligence community, the FBI, that sort of thing, and the dumb state, which is the deep underground military bases, the secret installations where they are doing who knows what, you know, genetic experimentation, where they're reverse engineering alien craft. Maybe they got some Bigfoots down there. And I'm dead, I'm dead serious about that. Yeah. So, you know, that's the, so I guess you can think of the dumb state as that's part of the blurry verse, whereas the deep state is more of the political apparatus that controls the who's in power and what can be said and that sort of thing. So it's it's sort of like the political entity. And I think that uh, this really dovetails with the occult when you talk about the dumb state yeah. and also the deep state. Also the deep state. I think when you get to the upper echelons, and I think we realize that with Podesta's emails, um, and what was her name? Uh, uh, what was that woman's name? That witch that they were all in enmeshed with, entangled with, uh, Bramovich, yep. whatever her name was. That all the Hollywood people are all, you know, uh, they all they're all aficionados or or um, or acolytes of this woman, mm. uh, Maria Bramovich, I think is her name, something like that. And I can't remember her name exactly. But when you get to the highest levels of these organizations, you you start to get into the occult. I don't think you can separate the occult from the highest levels of the intelligence agencies at this point. Certainly the dumb state, it's just the way it is. It's like these people have have strategically taken these organizations over, which is very interesting because that would that would uh denote some kind of a strategic conspiracy, right? To mm-hmm. to infiltrate the highest levels, these organizations and and of these organizations and you know, one wonders, one has to wonder, are all these people a part of the same cult? Are they all quote unquote Illuminati or are they, is it uh, fractionated? Are they, 
are they all members of different sects? You know, Skull and Bones over here, and and uh, the Knights of Malta over there, whatever. It's very intriguing, though. I, I just wanted to that that sort of jumped in my mind. I I think when we think about deep state and dumb state, again, I make the delineation between the two. I think at the very top echelon of both of these uh, terms, we find the occult. Yeah. So you think like Grush, like he he was just doing his job. And instead of just trying to like do a bad job, but keep his job, he might have done a yes. He did a better job than he should have, and then he got into some uh, stuff that he couldn't handle and got. Spooked. I think, and this is the way he says it. By the way, he does explain this that he was just doing his job, and he realized that Congress was not being read in to this classified program, the crash retrieval program, and he was incensed. Like, wait a minute. If Congress is over here investigating UAPs and we're over here for the Pentagon investigating UAPs and you guys have them, well, it's illegal for you not then to reveal this information and to obfuscate it. That's illegal. That is that is traitorous. You can't mm-hmm. do that. You cannot obfuscate information from a task force that's that's been given the authority to find out everything it can about UAPs and then slam the door in their face when they actually get to something tangible. You can imagine if this guy really is a good investigator, and there's lots of journalists who are like this, a good investigator really wants to get to the bottom of it, and then he's getting a door slammed in his face when he gets close to anything tangible. Well, at that point, you're going to lose faith in the system. And you're going to feel like, well, what's the point of my job? You're mm-hmm. just trying to distract me over here with these stories of lights in the sky or whatever, when you've got the goods, right? You've got the goods. And then he's knocking on the door, right? He wants to be read into these programs, or he's at least he's pressing, talking to people behind the scenes, and the, and they don't like it. The, the the generals who are in charge of these programs and the and the private contractors who are actually running them they don't like that that's their territory and they lashed out at him they did what they've been doing for decades they threatened him um and i think he was very smart by grabbing a lawyer probably finding cover with some of his contacts you know some people who might be able to protect him and by the way he said he was encouraged by other members of the intelligence community to come forward why because the apparatus exists now the architecture is in place uh-huh. so it, it makes sense that if we were going to have a whistleblower of this magnitude that it would have happened now doesn't it make sense with all yeah. these other things going on with the cover that we have in congress it makes sense and so it's really not as absurd as a lot of people want to make it a lot of people do a lot of hand waving motions and 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 try and just say things that you know for example what we talked about before that so we have we have these advanced aerospace vehicles, these alien craft coming from other planets or whatever, and being piloted by advanced entities, and then they come and crash on Earth. Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's hand waving. That's just hand waving. Or to say, oh, I don't believe, I don't believe any. Oh, the media saying it, the government saying it. Therefore, I don't believe it. That's just hand waving. You're not offering any kind of logical explanation as to why these things might be happening. You're not taking. You're not taking stock of the context in which these things are happening. You're not getting granular. You're not getting high resolution. You're just you're being very low resolution in, in your analysis. And and I always try to encourage people to, to be more high resolution in your analysis. Look at all of the data. Uh-huh. Look at all of the motives all around and have a more complex view. Uh, embrace the complexity, as I always say. Embrace the complexity of what might be going on here. and And don't be afraid to do so. Because if you want to get to the truth, that's how you do it. Well, didn't he also say part of it 
was that people were getting killed. Yes, and he said that people have been killed. Uh, not not only not only by the aliens in some cases, uh, but also by the government and by the private contractors. I think they wanted to kill the czar, and they came close to killing him. Mm. But but they didn't have to. The media was laughing at him. They didn't have to kill him. Uh, I mean, it's just uh, when you have the media on your side, and when you have apathy when when congress is apathetic towards something and is afraid to take it serious because they don't want the ridicule then you don't need to kill anybody but the, but that's not the case anymore so this is a very interesting scenario for david grush to be and i'm sure you know he's always a little bit nervous about having you know, being one of those uh, died suddenly cases heart yeah. attack or something like that yeah. i would be if i were him we certainly have the technology to induce heart attacks in people very easily from a distance Jeez. So is this like, I mean, what is this all building up to, Tim? Like, what do you think, what, what do you think is going to happen? What, what's your, what's on the horizon in your mind? Well, we need to see what happens with the threats that Congress is making to the Pentagon about in seriously investigating these locations that David Grush has handed to them. If those are idle threats, then this is just sort of going to fizzle for a little while, fizzle out a little bit. It won't go away, but it'll fizzle out a little bit. And we'll continue along this, you know, Congress is investigating UAPs and and, and Arrow is investigating this story here, that story there. We'll get the sort of leaks we've been getting since 2017. I have a feeling that right now, if I were to guess, I would say that these members of Congress who have been vocal about investigating the the evidence that's been handed to them, I bet they've had some visits from intelligence community members and from some of these private contracting people who are basically warning them not to look, not to try and get gain access to these facilities and so forth. And you know what's being said behind the scenes, national security, national security, national security, right? We can't tell you this because of national security, this is a grave danger to the security of the United States. We don't want this technology to fall into the hands of our enemies. This is what's being told to these people behind the scenes. So are they going to chicken out? That's the question. Is Congress going to chicken out? Probably. I don't think, I don't have any faith in Jill DeBrand. That's a dog and pony show. Um, She loves the attention she's getting, by the way. You can see it every time. Every time that woman's on camera talking about this, she absolutely loves all this attention she's getting as the UFO hunter, the UAP hunter. Her hearings are a joke. They're not going anywhere. I mean, I I, I guess I laud her, her attempt at getting to the truth. But I mean, let's just put it this way. We're talking about non-human craft that's been recovered, bodies, and is being and has been reverse engineered. Mm-hmm. that's the magnitude we can't even get to the bottom of stuff about joe biden in ukraine well we, we can't even get to the bottom of where exactly coronavirus came from because these people in congress they just they're they're gutless a lot of them and those things are far inferior to this so i don't have a whole lot of confidence that you know if Congress can't force the FBI to do its job and to stop being tyrannical and to stop being partial in its investigations, how is it going to get the deep state and the dumb state to tell the truth and to give them access to anything? 
it just seems like idle threats from Congress. So that's a long-winded answer. I don't. I think we're just going to kind of idle for a while. I think we're going to kind of idle. I don't know that we're going to see another. We may see some more whistleblowers right on the heels of this. In fact, today, I didn't watch it. I was going to actually watch it tonight or tomorrow. Was uh, I saw uh, Stephen Greer was was uh, giving his presentation. I think to 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 Congress. I believe to Congress today. And I don't know if he's bringing forward more whistleblowers. He may be. I know there are more whistleblowers. So it is, I don't know. I I guess nobody can really predict where this is going to go. But ultimately, if you read my book, Birthright, you know that I believe that, number one, the alien threat is real. And number two, it's going to be used as the pretext to formulate a one-world government, uh, or at least consolidate power in in a world, in a in a in a one-world government-type body, whether that be the United Nations or something new, and that we are ultimately going to be delivered from this threat by the offspring of the dragon and his angels, by the hybrid offspring of the dragon, or perhaps even by the dragon himself. So that's my working hypothesis of where this is going ultimately. And all of this, by the way, fits into my hypothesis. I predicted in my book that we were going to have disclosure and that ultimately... Eventually, we were going to be told about the alien presence, specifically about the greys, and we were going to be made, and the threat was going to be made known in no uncertain terms. And that's when things will really kick into high gear. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine. It's hard for a lot of people. You have to expand your paradigm really quick. And I was telling a friend the other day, like, I feel like most people in their understanding of, of all these topics, whether it's politics, whether it's theology, religion, they're kind of a rubber band. And they've been stretched to the max. You throw in some of this UFO stuff and it just snaps. They can't, they haven't allowed themselves to, to be able to add, add a few more things to the basket. Here it is. It's just like they have a very tight, maxed out view of the world, the cosmos, even just how they read the Bible. And there's no, there's no room. They're going to, it's going to, yeah. There's going to blow a lot of fuses, and so I know people have probably been a lot, of, a lot more heat than normal in in the old comments section lately, all over the place, <laughs> on everyone's page because everyone's posting this stuff. And anyone yeah. who has a podcast, paranormal podcast, or a conspiracy show, or all this stuff, it's 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 getting wild. It's getting weird out there. It's getting very hostile, definitely <laughs> in the comments on social media. Definitely, and it's you're right. Just when people think they got it all figured out, aliens. <laughs> I mean, people. People are just so many people are just now coping with Nephilim, right? And Bigfoot. Tim, it's like a, when you say that, it reminds me of that meme of the of the dude from Ancient Aliens, and he's doing, you know, he's got his hands out and it says <laughs> aliens, you know. And here, but here we are, and 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 I think Nate nailed on the head. I, I think this was an easy thing to kind of just push out there and be like, yeah, you know, we can talk about that. Um, but when it confront when it, when it confronts our paradigms and it shows up in mainstream media and you and you're you're forced to try to contextualize this and you have and all you've done is really ignore this has the capacity to to really break to really to really break people's people's paradigms brains yeah Yeah, i mean it it it, it does this is something now you have to figure out how does this fit you know that's kind of what we try to do on the show. We tried from the beginning, Nate. Is like, how does this fit? Like, how do we contextualize this from a biblical standpoint? Like, how do we look at this and make this make sense? Because, and and I think part of the great delusion, if we're if we're to understand this, Tim, from you know, from macro level, is that that people will take things like this and and 
and it will cause them to to abandon their faith. And Certainly. I think that's a reality, right? You know, it is, if this it exists, is then then you know, then how how does my you know, then my faith must not be real. And 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 I think I love what you do because you you've been doing this for a long time. This isn't like a you just jumped in this last last three four months and decided this was a fun topic and you know you're going to talk about. It. You've been you've been you've been hammering this home for a while, and and I and I appreciate that about you because you like you said you've been sounding the trumpet and the alarm saying this is coming. And I want people just just to to realize that like that there's a time keeping your head in the sand is is no longer you know and you can come to different conclusions about this that's okay the important thing is to think about this and if you're a believer to try to put this within your you know in the context of of our faith and there's room there's there's room for this and and I think that's what Nate and I are trying to do is trying to find a space and ultimately is to find a space to to discuss these things and say that look this this fits you know you talk about the dragon and offsprings and that's maybe one of the things I wanted to ask quickly we talked about as I kind of gone this diatribe, but we talked. You talked about how at the high levels of, of the dumb state, the dumb state, the deep state, really is a an occult. There's an, there's an is a collective of the occult, right? Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then and they're collecting this technology, uh, and maybe you already kind of addressed this, but just in your mind, the purpose of this then too is this to build a Joel two army? Is is this for world domination to essentially sub, to to have to to take? the nations of the earth into submission underneath underneath the asymmetrical warfare is this about power like if you're if you're serving you know the the darkness really as the cult is if you're serving the darkness collecting this technology with the predication this is happening according to the to the, to the whistleblower yeah i would say that uh generally speaking i think we can identify these individuals who are steeped in the occult at the high levels of these various organizations and the intelligence community, the military, you know, collectively, the deep state, the dumb state, we can categorize them as Luciferians. Luciferians, of course, are people who who take the Bible and turn it upside down. It's the inverse of the gospel of Christ. It's the inverse of the biblical narrative that, that the gods exist. Yes, they will affirm that the gods exist. But they believe that the God of the Bible, that Yahweh, is the enemy. So they don't deny the existence of mm. Yahweh. They understand that he is real, and they hate him. And they they give their allegiance to the being they call Lucifer. And by Lucifer, who they're really identifying is the dragon, the enemy of Yahweh. Whether they just believe that Yahweh is some sort of a spiritual force and the dragon is a spiritual force, and maybe not is it is a person in the way that we would think. There's, I'm sure, there's a very variegated belief system within among these Luciferians. It is interesting, though, that when you have atheistic Satanists, most of them don't believe in the devil. Mm. An atheistic Satanist does not believe in the devil. They just believe in rebellion. They hate Christianity. They hate um, the traditional morals of of uh, of American society. Uh, they're they're just reprobate. For a little while longer. Right. I don't think right. they're going to be able to do that for much longer. No, no, they won't. No. They're just reprobate. So a Luciferian is, is, is not like that. A Luciferian does believe in the gods. Uh, and that's why, you know, the, the religion of the future is not the absence of religion. It is a belief in the gods. It's what I say in my book. It's they believe in the gods. They embrace the existence of the gods who would be these extraterrestrial beings and they will endeavor to become like them. Mm. And not all of these extraterrestrial beings, by the way, I think a specific faction of these beings are will be embraced as the gods by them. So, But 
there's uh the, who knows i mean i can, we can only speculate as right. to what exactly these people their goal is because their goals may have changed when they had functional advanced technology placed into their hands that maybe can uh, allow them to maybe to build a base on mars that's not out of the question if you're talking about reverse engineering advanced technology non-human technology i don't believe by the way let me put a a little asterisk on this i don't i don't believe that we've been extremely successful in that uh in that project in that enterprise reverse engineering this technology i think a lot of it depends on exotic matter which we don't have access to we and, and we can't synthesize but i think that we've been able to derive our own technologies hybridized craft uh, from the concepts from the physics that we've learned and if you give uh luciferians that kind of power mm. what are they going to do well on the on the political realm they're going to try and you know i think the depopulation agenda is certainly a luciferian agenda uh it's not just a sinister agenda and that it's just evil no it's a very it's a conspiracy that has a very clear goal in mind and the goal is not to protect the earth that's not what the goal is so there's something going on within the within the occult you'll see for example if you read the works of manly p hall who was one of the the greatest masonic philosophers a very good writer actually manly p hall very very highly intelligent man i've read some of his works manly p hall will talks about the end goal of of, of his organization of the masons mm. is to enthrone the philosopher king mm this person that they call the philosopher king they also refer to him as the great prince and in fact they call this the great work is to bring about the the birth and the enthronement of this individual of course we as christians would identify that individual as the antichrist and so it, it, we can certainly specify that one of the primary goals of the luciferians is to enthrone the antichrist for sure mm -hmm. whoever that individual is however that comes about and that is, of course, the uh, iconography of the obelisk and the dome. Mm -hmm. This goes. We don't have to go down this rabbit Isis, trail. But very, uh, yeah. very briefly, the obelisk represents the phallus of Osiris, mm. which was fashioned by Isis, and the uh, the golden phallus of Osiris, and and the dome represents the womb of Isis. And when and and when uh, when Isis resurrected. Uh, her husband Osiris, she fashioned a, a, for him a phallus because his body was divided. That's a whole story that goes back to the the Egyptian story of of Osiris and Set. He, she collected the the dismembered parts of his body, but she couldn't find his phallus. In other words, his male organ. She couldn't find it. It was swallowed by a fish in one story, swallowed by a crocodile in another. So she had to devise a new one. She had to build one. She had to manufacture through sorcery a golden phallus. Why did she have to do this? Because she wanted to copulate with Osiris, bring him back to life and copulate with him in order to bring forth their hybrid son, rather their son, their, 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 their godson, really. And that was Horus. And Horus is represented by what? The all-seeing eye. That's Horus. That's the eye of Horus. Hmm. And so you have the, the, the obelisk and the dome, the phallus of Osiris and the womb of, of Isis and and what does it represent? It represents bringing forth, giving birth to this philosopher king, this this great king, the prince who is to come, and enthroning him and bringing about uh, a resurrection of the Atlantean world order, bringing about the resurrection of the empire of the gods. That is ultimately the great plan. Mm. 
of the Luciferian elite. That is what they are endeavoring to do. How aliens play into that, how this technology plays into that is anyone's guess. Again, I have my own theories that I write about that I offer in my book. But you can be assured that the Luciferian elite want to enthrone who they believe will be the son of Satan. The hybrid son of Satan. I'm looking at you right now, Tim. You're just a little blurry on the camera, which is awesome. <laughs> I can fix that. <laughs> no, don't fix it. It's on brand. Yeah, it's on <laughs> it's brand. On brand. Yeah. Tim's it's just going brand. on the, the the most blurry, the blurry rant, and and uh, there's just multiple and being there. blurry, being blurry while I do it. Well, you know, no, Tim, yeah. we probably should have yeah. said this at the beginning of the hour because I think a lot of people who tune into our show, you know, they you've been in these rabbit holes for decades, and it's hard for people to. Listen to us talk about some of these things matter-of-factly, right? They go, where's the evidence? Where's the proof? And, I, and I, I, we always relate things to Bigfoot on this show. But at this point in my life, it's almost, Bigfoot's almost a little bit like, I don't even have the time to try to explain to you all the evidence that exists for this creature. And, and I, don't, I, I honestly don't waste time sometimes trying to convince it to people. And you, you've been down some of these rabbit holes. And the same with the Nephilim. Like, there's some, they're like people are yelling on our channels the other day about how they're the sons of Seth, and you're crazy if you believe this. It's like, you've devoted half your life to proving that these giants were real and they were building stuff. And it's probably hard to even engage at this point because you're, you're you know what I mean? So you talk about yeah, these things. Yeah, you feel like you're, you, you are not, I don't want to say wasting time, but it's exhausting to backtrack and try and, and bring people up to speed it, it, I, I certainly can concur with that. Yeah, and but but it isn't that you don't care about these topics. It's just like you did at some point. You're you're 15. How do you bring someone who has never seriously looked into the Bigfoot topic or the Nephilim topic, and then you bring you know, how do you bring them up to speed and and try to encapsulate where your mind is now versus where it is? So your mind is, you know, that's probably some of the fascination early on. That was my fascination was was trying to figure out what Bigfoot was, and then I got into all these rabbit holes. But trying to talk to people now who, who want to know, they want to learn, they want to understand these concepts, but they, they're so skeptical because they've never heard a lot of this stuff. And they think, wow, where is Tim yeah. coming up with this information? Where is, he, where is he pulling these things from? How does he come to these conclusions? Uh, factions of aliens? I don't even think there are aliens. Now there's factions, you know? Um, but anyway, we probably should have said that at the top of the hour. If you're still with us, you're... You, 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 <laughs> you're uh, you know what I mean? Welcome to the blurry verse. <laughs> but I, yeah. I think sometimes when we talk at this point, that's where we're at in a lot of these topics. Is you've, If you devoted yourself to a paranormal podcast, you've written books, you've, you've been all over the world investigating these things. It's not just something you woke up one day and thought, And well, I'm going to be with you guys uh, in a week. Let's go. Investigating these things. Can't yeah. wait. In Peru. Yeah, we are. Yeah, you know, it, it, I actually think that this conversation we're having right now, we're able to have this conversation so casually because of the groundwork we've laid in our other conversations. We don't have to go back and retread right. because we've already we've already covered that ground. We've already laid that foundation. And uh and it's pretty interesting, isn't it? Don't you think over the last what was well, how long have I been talking with you guys? A year, year and a half, something like that, maybe two. I don't remember. It's two years, I think. I think we About had two you on. years. And so we've sort it's of been, been laying. It's been beautiful. Groundwork. It's been beautiful the entire time. I mean, it just feels like <laughs> yesterday, Tim. <laughs> Tim's in focus we've now. Laying, yeah, we've been yeah. laying the groundwork for what happened this week. Yeah. yeah. And so here we are now discussing what should be a natural 
the, the, the natural progression of the things we've been saying. So it shouldn't really come, come as a surprise that, that now we have a whistleblower talking about reverse engineering alien technology. I mean, I, I, we were talking about reverse engineering alien technology way back how many episodes ago when, when we were getting into the, the abduction phenomenon and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and so yeah. this is just really, it's just a natural progression. It is the logical pro- progression of the conversations that we've been having. And now it's like, okay, here it is. It's real. You know, and it's not, it's not, I told you so. It's just, this is why we took the time to do that because I was predicting, and I'm sure you guys were predicting that at some point in time, this disclosure stuff was going to heat up and we were going to get something that was extraordinary. And I think this is extraordinary. It really is. And so you can, certainly you can go, you can live the rest of your life without ever thinking about giants or Bigfoot or aliens and be perfectly fine. You can. You don't have to contemplate these things. And people say to me, why is it important and and how why is it important in terms of, you know, your faith and all that? Well, it's or necessary. Let me not important necessary. Why is it necessary? Well the answer is it's not, because there's plenty of believers all around the world who believe in Christ who aren't up to speed on any of this. But they believe in Christ. And that is the that's the essential thing. That's mm-hmm. the essential thing. But if you are like me and like you guys, and you're very contemplative and you're very curious and you're fascinated, I think a lot of this is just fascination. You know, when you talk about Bigfoot and multiple dimensions and aliens and all these other cryptids, it's really driven, at least in my life, by just fascination. I'm just fascinated in the possibility of these topics. And so, so I take my fascination and then I sort of mix it with the other side of my brain, which is this desire to like, to this desire to distill things down into core elements of truth so that I can have a paradigm that is somewhat accurate. So I'm not just fascinated by stuff. I also have a, a working paradigm that has factual, factual information. That's the bedrock, Right. And so I, I scrutinize and I distill these things down to what I can touch, what's tangible, what I can understand. And the, and the things that I can't touch and that I don't understand, I don't throw them out the window. I just, they don't form the bedrock of my par- paradigm. And at the center, at the very center of my paradigm is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Come on now. Because that is, that is my anchor. I believe in Jesus Christ, because I believe in the resurrection. I believe that this person was who he says he was because, because there is really good evidence for the resurrection of Christ, that he rose from the dead, the corroborating evidence, the the testimony, and the historical documentation of, of some of the events uh, that surrounded the resurrection. And so that's just an example. So that that's the bedrock of my belief system. And then I try and grope for other things that I can grab onto and 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 understand as tangibly real. And that's sort of how I, I work this garden of my paradigm. I view my par- I view my paradigm as a garden. And you're constantly you're in there and you're pruning things and you're cutting things off that are dead and not producing any fruit and you're planting new things to see if they grow and you're just constantly you're expanding the walls of your garden and you're and you're constantly trying to have the healthiest garden that you can possibly produce and so i don't take offense if 
something that I thought was true turns out not to be. I don't, I'm not, it doesn't break me. It doesn't crush my worldview as it pertains to these fantastical things that we talk about as it pertains to giants and cryptids and aliens. I just sort of, you know, I just, I just try and get to the truth, to the bottom of things. And, 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 and I'm saying this to, to help people view this as just your gardening and your paradigm. And now you've got this alien thing to deal with. Don't, don't have some sort of a hostile reaction that is, is emotional. Rather, just step back, contemplate it, and, and stick it into your, your paradigm and see if it bears fruit. You don't have to get all up in arms about it. And I'm addressing the hostility that, that you mentioned that you're seeing in, in social media. And I'm addressing the hostility that I'm seeing in mine. And, and L.A. Marsuli can attest to the same. And everybody who's in this world is seeing an increase in hostility. And so I'm just trying to encourage people to be a little bit uh, patient and mindful and conscious about uh, you know, this, this thing called a paradigm that we all have. And all of our paradigms are different. Anyway, I don't. Exactly. I like that. No, I, I, I like that. I like that too. I did that's, too. That's a good word. It's an important word too. Is that we're all just trying to figure this out, right? And, and I, I'm glad you pointed it back to what the thing that matters, right? Is is your salvation and, and your faith in 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 the resurrection and, and deity of Jesus Christ? You know that that and he that he took the, the keys of sin and death, and that he holds our salvations, and he he redeemed us into the family of God. That's the what matters. But these things were are worth thinking about because like I said at the beginning too, and I think it's important is that people will throw out their faith based upon being confronted with things that they don't perceive as fitting. And I think it's important to have these discussions and to think, I mean, you're right. These weird people like to think about this is maybe it isn't everyone's cup of tea, but it's, it's worth thinking about because I think the implications are huge, whether it be salvation one and two, what is, what is unfolding before us in our own lifetimes. And you know, and and potentially it's 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 our children's lifetimes, and these things are important. They're important to talk about, and, and and I think if we don't address it, and I've said this, I say this, and I'll beat this drum forever. The world is more than willing to disciple us in their own narrative and what they want us to believe. Exactly, and it's much more important that we look at this from a biblical standpoint. And also, like I, I just think the Bible starts with a tree of life, and it ends with the tree of life. Like this supernatural tree that it, I think that the bookends of the Bible are, that's a strange story. How do you believe in the tree of life if you don't fill in the blanks with all this other weird cosmic stuff that goes on in our realm? You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think a lot of people will read the Bible a different way, but when they realize all these other blurry things out there exist, they start to go, I can trust the, the beginning to the end. You're trying and you're trying to start another episode now on the Tree of Life. I know no, I, I am. <laughs> I know what you're doing. This but it does. It does. It does, right? Yeah, yeah. it does. It, it's, yeah. And, and it's okay. It's okay <laughs> to just not know. I am perfectly happy with not knowing. Yes. It doesn't make me nervous. It doesn't make me anxious. I know there's people who get anxious when they can't figure something out. Don't be anxious. There's there's nothing to be anxious about. If you're anchored in Christ and the gospel of Christ, you don't need to be anxious about anything. Nothing yeah. should shake your faith. Yeah. And now if you're anchored in emotions and experiential faith, or if you're anchored in a particular worldview, like you are just, this doctrine defines me, for example. If you're just a, a like a, a pre-tribulational rapture guy and that doctrine defines you, yeah, you're going to be a little anxious. You're going to have some anxiety because 
if something starts to maybe contradict that, you start to get a little hostile because you're 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 almost like your identity is wrapped around this doctrine. Uh, people do this with flat Earth. Their whole their identity, their 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 the way that they view everything through this prism of flat Earth. It's 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 all consuming, and so they get very irritable when that is challenged or if other people don't believe it. And and that's how you can, I think you can recognize that you're going a little bit uh, overboard when you start to feel irritable when people don't agree with your perspective. I don't care if people agree with my perspective of things. It doesn't matter. I believe in the gospel of Christ. And as mm. long as people believe in Christ, mm. that he was the son of God, exactly who he said he was, and that he did what he said he did, did that to me, that is my ultimate goal. And all these other things are important. And I, I believe they're important, becoming increasingly important. It's going to be very difficult to ignore them as time goes on. But ultimately, hmm. uh, you know, there's no reason for anxiety. There's no reason for hostility. There's no reason for there's no reason for fear. And you know what? If you start to posture yourself like that, and you just sort of allow things to be what they are, and stop trying to control them like a piece of clay, like you're getting your hands in, and you're trying to always make it flat earth or you're trying to always make it demon or whatever you it's very exhausting yeah it really is but if you just set sit back and let things be what they are and 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 have a a, a complex allow for the complexity of the universe mm. to manifest itself however it's going to as long as you're anchored in the gospel you're going to be much happier from that kind of a, a, a posturing. So again, I didn't plan on saying any of that or going there, but maybe maybe people need to hear that. I think it's, that feels right. Well, Tim, dude, I as always, I, just, I love these discussions, man. I I I love getting out there and and interpreting, you know, in this case, what's happening right now, and then and then of course bringing it back to the, to to a perspective that that I think people need, and that is that this isn't. As you say, this isn't a hand waving or hand wringing incident in this last week, but something to consider mm -hmm. and, and maybe put put in your garden with the thought that this can fit within my paradigm. As as, as what's the metaphor you're using, and I, and I like that. You know, I like I liked it a lot, and I'm excited, man. Or put it in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> yeah, roll, roll it up in an uh, to a mapacho, and you know, I'm mapacho, excited. Yeah. I'm excited to hang next week in Peru. Two weeks. Just, uh, two weeks. Sorry, yeah. I just, I yeah. I'm already fast forwarding. You're going to be there next week, but I'm going to be there. We're going to meet. Uh, we're, next we're, week, this, yeah. yeah, we're going to meet you there. I love these conversations, man. I'm grateful for you, grateful for you and your friendship. Then you've been so great to our show. And to and I and I really think that you have so much to add. I do not. I don't want to. I'm not going to pat you on the back to your horn. I'd like to though, because I think you have so much to add to this conversation. I think this is the time that you that you have prepared for. And so we're we're glad that you're here. You're glad that you're you you've invested in us, and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we're just excited that we get to we get to spend some time with you and talk about these hard topics and these hard mm -hmm. things which which confront everybody today. So, man, I I, I love this and. Pumped to see him to see in Peru. I know that you got well, a I'm couple ecstatic things. To, like, to hang out yeah. with you guys in in, uh, in in my second home, my home away from home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I will say that that this episode's been about the physicality of this craft and these these aliens and these this this technology, right? And that's what you've really done on our show. I think is you've tried to put this in physical terms that human beings can understand that. Not to kick a dead horse here to bring back what I just talked about, but when I was a kid, I believed the tree of life in a way that a kid believes in the tree of life. And then I got to an age of, I don't, I, that's just a metaphor. That's just a story. 
But a lot of our conversations with you about all the physicality of these things now has me thinking that that tree is a physical tree. People do eat from it. It exists somewhere or it existed somewhere and we can eat from it. So it's come full circle for me that I don't believe it like a child of believes Santa Claus. I have proof from all these other things that we've talked about to help me go, okay, that's, that's not out of the realm of possibilities. In fact, it's mentioned a lot and we're, we've teased about doing an episode on this with you or you're somebody. Just pr- you're just priming the pump. Dude. I'm just pregnant. Yeah, this pregnant with me. We need to do an episode yeah. on the Garden of Eden. Yeah. yeah we do. But, but I like that about it. These, there is a physicality to this phenomena. Take it or leave it. You can fight it all you want. There's spiritual aspects to it. There's demonic activity around it. There's occult activity around it, but there is a physicality that is undeniable. Hundreds of whistleblowers over the last 50 years have been coming out. And here we are at the dawn of, you know, it should be on the front lines of every newspaper, but it, it won't be, which is really weird. And yeah, you're, I, yeah, yeah, I agree. Tim, I, I want you to share everybody what you've been doing. We talked about before we started recording about what you've been working on. I know you've been hanging out with our friend, L.A. Marzulli, friend of the show, who's been on a few times. Oh, yeah, a good, yeah. good friend of yours. And, and, yeah. and you've got, you also have something cooking. I want to tell, I want you to tell everybody about it. And obviously we're going to Peru, so we'll keep everybody updated as they, as they listen to, you know, listen to the show and as we sort of put our things out on social, what we're doing and hanging with you and, and, and going and seeing the amazing megaliths and, and all of the, the wonder of Peru. But you've got a lot of things cooking and I want you to, put, to kind of give a preview to everybody well, listening so they can, they can tune in. As people, I'm sure, are aware, I've mentioned it several times, I've been working on a TV show for the last few years. It was supposed to be on History Channel. That's a long story right now it's not but um it's going to appear somewhere in some shape or form and it's finally done i've got three episodes finished um color graded and everything so um that will be coming out this summer somewhere somewhere i don't know where yet la marsuli speaking of la marsuli he came to peru i brought him to peru to to invest to to do some investigating further investigating of the elongated skulls the prophecy elongated skulls that's one of the episodes we had a great time, him and him and Chase Kletsky. And uh, we found some, you know, I think we, I think honestly, this, this particular episode, this particular film on the elongated skulls is probably the best, uh, the most comprehensive investigation into the elongated skulls anybody's ever done. Um, aside from LA and Chase, who part of what they did is, 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 is featured in, in this episode. Mm. So it's, it's sort of a, um, uh, an addendum. It's an addition to, to what they, the, the work that they did down there as well. And, and of course, stuff I've done independently too. And we sort of combined forces for that. So I'm really excited for people to see that. I don't know when and where. So I don't know when exactly you're going to be able to see it. And I don't know where exactly you're going to be able to see it. But that's coming to a conclusion very shortly here. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we've got Peru. And then we've got in the winter, we've got Costa Rica and some, some, secret projects we're working on together in between yes and uh, so that's primarily what i've been doing i've got another book that i'm working on that's the blurry dumb it- state project <laughs> <laughs> we're just dumb that's he- no heavy on dumb yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh you know so i've got another book in the works but it's you know people shouldn't get too excited yet because it's not it's let's put it this way. It's not a blurry book. It's more in the health and wellness space. I've got to get this thing out of my system. It's, it's, it's just, it's a really good, you got the Hans and Franz book coming out. 
Right. Well, and it's, uh, <laughs> but I, I've just, you know, I've just, I had to get this one out of my system. I wanted to yeah. write this yeah. and I'm thinking, man, this can help a lot of people. It really can. And so this is, that's coming next in terms of a book. And then I'm sure I'll be working on something back in the realm of, uh, back in the blurry verse, so to speak. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff I got going on. I'm probably forgetting a bunch of stuff, but uh, it's all right. We can tell. We can fill them in. We'll fill birth, them in. At, birthright. Yeah. Get the book. Birthright. If you haven't yet, and uh, go subscribe to Tim on his YouTube channel. It's your main bread and butter in terms of you communicating with the, your audience. Also and on Twitter, Twitter, and Twitter too. Instagram. Those three is those are the three I'm active. I'm really active on. And by the way, if you're not on Twitter now, get on Twitter. It's the most entertaining place anywhere in terms of social media. Uh, I mean. You know, it's where Tucker Carlson is publishing his new show. And uh, it's it's especially with stuff like breaking news. Twitter is just it's really fun and it's easy to engage with people. That's really where I encourage people to follow me the most is on Twitter because I could do YouTube videos, obviously YouTube, but those take time. And those aren't like I can't like live commentary on stuff that's happening on YouTube. Yeah. You just got to do a video and you got to edit it or whatever. But Twitter's like. You know, I like to jump on there and and give my thoughts about stuff that's happening. So it's it's fun, and then feedback from people and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've been posing interesting questions like, "Does the kingdom of heaven have locality?" and just sitting back and watching the 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 debate unfold, which is mm-hmm. which is really entertaining. So yeah, almost as fun as the uh, Cleveland area GNC. If you're Tim Alvarino, going to going to pick up some creatine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Go back and find that episode if you haven't listened to it. You never know when a UFO uh, is going to fly over. That's right. It just felt like it was apropos well tim thanks again um yeah can't wait to hang can't wait to see you here in a few in a few days yeah maybe the next time they'll be hearing from us is up in uh up in cusco that's right that's right nate will be riding a llama it's gonna get weird (laughs) (laughs) that's right the the, the llama's got the sweet emo swoop he's ready right he's been a sherwood fan for oh yeah he's been waiting for this moment luke luke's gonna have the, the llama with the mullet and we're gonna right. be yeah, that's right. And I want to get a really, I'm gonna get a really Alana awesome with the beard. Per, yeah, I'm gonna get a really awesome Peruvian hat, and just it is gonna be game on. I don't even that's know what right. that looks like, but I'm ready. Eating some, eating some guinea pigs. That's right. You ready? Riding Pachos. some llamas. Yeah. <laughs> but we we might not come back. We might just yeah. be doing blurry from Peru. You <laughs> oh, know? No, you'll come back. <laughs> the charm wears off pretty quick. Well, like, well, what's yeah. his face? Who said, don't put your hands up in Peru? I can't remember who said that. Someone on our show said, don't put your hands in the air. That's a, Yeah, there's that's a, a, lots of jokes like that, yeah. It's a sign of, uh, I want to be abducted. Anyway, that's for another time. Thanks, Tim. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Tim. All right, buddy. Until then. Roll that time, cop. There we are. God, there so it good. is. There Immor- it is. <laughs> hey, immortal- immortalize that. All right, gentlemen, I got I got to jump. All right, see you. See you, Timmy. Later. Yep. Later.